0: Welcome to Random Acts of Tangent. I am Adam. I have with me a good friend of mine, Rex. Hey, I guess. to. The... And uh, this is a different show than usual. We have a special guest in the studio that uh, I am actually excited to have here. I just met him for the first time about 10 minutes
1: ago, or so. Hi everybody, my name is Skyler. I'm 25, and I am transgender. All right. Now, uh, shall...
2: for uh, people out there that may not, may or may not know exactly what that means, or maybe have a preconception of what that means. Could you explain uh, a little bit about how you got to identify as that?
1: Well, um, transgender is an umbrella term, meaning a person whose um, gender identity or psychological sense of gender is opposite their biological sex. So, a biological male who identifies as female, which would be me, or a biological female who identifies as male. Okay. So, this is kind of like uh, born in the wrong body? Is that... Yeah. ...sure what to say? it.
0: Okay. In addition to being a transgender, you're also you're also black. Yes. Uh, so, as a black transgender male, I have a very one very important question. Transgender female. Transgender female. Transgender female. I apologize. Uh, what are your thoughts on the oil spill? <laughs> 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 no. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But uh, t- tell us about your journey. How you got to where you are now, from the beginnings of your youth to Junior high, high school. What led you to the place you are now today?
2: Did you know immediately, or did you uh, kind of uh, just hit with it, kind of roll with it? Yeah. yeah. When did you choose well, to be gay? I should say? <laughs> what the fuck ever. <laughs>
1: As I mentioned before, like the there's a difference between sexual orientation and gender identity. Like gender identity is exclusively discussing your your psychological sex versus your biological sex, whereas sexual orientation is your attraction to. Either men, women, both, neither, etc. So we're talking. First of all, like just to differentiate, we're talking about two different subjects. Okay. Um, Children um, usually by the age of three or four um, achieve what's known as uh, gender constancy, where they're actually able to identify what is male, what is female, and then they understand from that point that um, if you're male, you're going to be male for the rest of your life. If you're female, you're going to be female for the rest of your life. Okay. So after that point, usually the child will adopt a gender identity that matches their biological sex. But for transgender kids like me, it was the exact opposite. And so um, in preschool, like in my preschool year so, around age three or four, I remember just having conversations with myself and wondering why um, I was born male instead of being female. I see. So that, that early you knew that you were different. different.
2: Now, now because those are two different things, though, uh, your gender identity and your kind of sexual preference. You very well could have identified as a female, but also still been very interested in females, which, uh, w- which would have... Would be
1: a transgender lesbian, basically.
3: Okay, okay, yeah. Huh.
1: So, okay. yeah, um, I'm also, like, a little more of my background, I'm part of the Lambda Student Association at my college, uh, Mount San Antonio, and we have two other transgender female students, so two other biological males who identify as female. Um, one is bisexual, and the other is exclusively attracted to one. So oh, she wow. would identify as a transgender lesbian. So, so between you, the three of us, we have the entire spectrum. Do you think that's
2: like what David Bowie is? No. Because <laughs> I mean like pioneering androgyny, mm-hmm. right? Because I mean that's really popularly known for mm-hmm. uh, Yeah. You could, you could definitely see how he might identify as a female, but also at the same time, uh, you know, like women, which it might also, you know, explain... Uh, emo kids. <laughs> <laughs> but do
1: you do—you do actually bring up a good point, like the difference between um, just having androgynous characteristics and then actually identifying yourself as being the opposite sex. Because for transgender people, like it's a—it's a—it's a fixed um, psychological gender identity where you always see yourself as the opposite sex, versus being comfortable with your genetic sex and being comfortable with your gender identity, but also just for social or aesthetic reasons, just, you know, adopting androgynous characteristics. So David Bowie, I'm pretty sure, is comfortable being male, and, like, you know, is comfortable in his male identity, but is not opposed to, like, you know, expressing, like, some feminine characteristics. So that would be kind of
0: like a I, I, I just saw a movie of his for the first time, The Labyrinth, uh, where... I, yeah.
2: that You remind me of the babe. Yeah, that Labyrinth was an
0: <laughs> <a> interesting look. <laughs> Especially the tight clothes he chose to wear was very off-putting for
2: me, but... He just, honestly... I feel like he is responsible for emo kids. Is that right? I love David Bowie. I think he's an awesome artist. Got but you despise emo. But I despise emo. <laughs> I, do. I do. And, you know, I guess, yeah, you know, for a while there I was kind of resentful, but that's kind of like hating Jesus for all the stupid Christians that are out there.
0: So, but how do you despise emo kids but also
2: love their creator? It, well, exactly. How do, how do I despise the majority of organized religion but I think Jesus is a cool dude. I think that's a, the same a right. parallel type of thing there. Yeah, Jesus was a very cool dude. Yeah, it blows David Bailey out of the water.
0: Who? David Blaine. Oh yeah. <laughs> In other words, imitators
1: can never replace the original.
0: Yeah, there you go. All right. all right. So, as a as a young child, uh,
1: I guess most kids don't know what they're attracted to, but well, I did know that I I did know that I like boys. Like again, like gay, transgender, like, all these terms, like, I was I was four, so I was oblivious to, like, the terminology is most of course, things right. are, but I knew that, like, you know, I was obviously different from other boys, and so um, it was funny because usually when I'm telling people my life story, I always start out with the fact that uh, my next-door neighbor, who was also my best friend, her name was Catherine, um, one day in preschool asked me, came up to me and asked me basically if I wanted to be her boyfriend, and in my head I was thinking, like, you know, but I'm a girl and I want to have boyfriends too, but... I said yes just because, you know, she's my best friend and I didn't want to like make her mad or make her cry. <laughs> you know?
0: That would strain the relationship I think. <laughs> that was a very female
2: thing of you to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll pretend to date.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll cheat on you secretly.
3: Springing <laughs> up that but, yeah.
0: <laughs> Sorry, you tissue, dude. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh you, you always knew, I guess, from the beginning.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, did you let other people know that anybody else know besides you? The first person I actually told was my mom when I was six. So, I guess, like, two six, years later. Whoa, six. Because we were... I had always... Like, my entire life, I had always been geared to more, I guess, feminine things. Like, my favorite thing in, in the world was my little pony. Like, I adored my little <laughs> pony like no other. Like, I was so pissed that my parents would never buy me my little pony, and I would beg <laughs> them for it every single day. So... I remember one time I was sitting and I was watching TV and I think it was on or either some other cartoon show that I used to watch on a regular basis. And... Sailor Moon? I just... I love Sailor Moon. <laughs> oh, my God. That, that was way too early for Sailor Moon. So oh, Sailor Moon hadn't been out in America yet. Um, but I was talking with my mom and I, would, I just kind of like...
2: I would give... Uh, to clear that up, I would criticize a female for also liking those things. <laughs> you are a pansy. <laughs> 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 yeah.
1: But um, I was just talking with her, and um, I just kind of blurted out randomly. I was like, "I don't like being a boy. I wish I were a girl. Like, I wonder why I wasn't born a girl." And my mom kind of gave me like this really like strange, like blank look, and then just kind of like walked out of the room. So that's when I realized that oh, no. not only I was, was I different, but it was not okay to like let people know that.
0: Yeah, your your first exposure to somebody you're supposed to trust is uh, a negative. Out. <laughs> yeah, like
1: a negative reaction. I don't know
0: what to do. <laughs> it's a bad precedent to set. So when so were you there? a denier for
2: a while for a while? Yeah. Is your gender identity and sexuality
1: like global warming. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: Climate change, thank you. Climate
3: change. So, sorry. You're right.
1: <laughs> but um basically I realized what I realized what sex was when I was 11. Like 11 was when I started actually going through puberty and like, you know, sexual urges and I was like I, that's when I kind of made the connotation like, oh, I don't just like boys, but I actually want to have, like, you know, sexual relations with, uh, men. At what age was this? Eleven. Eleven, wow. And that's so, uh. Awesome, then I started getting those urges.
0: <laughs>
2: you were sheltered.
0: That's <laughs> true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Very true. Alright.
1: Uh, my first, my first, like, really strong memory was that, um, I was visiting relatives, um, in Austin, Texas, and because of the time difference, because they're three hours ahead, like, it was midnight, but for me, like, still being on East Coast time, it was nine. For me, it was, like, still nine o'clock, so I was just up and, you know, people town And um, I stopped on this one movie, and it was called The Babysitter, and it was starring Alicia Silverstone. And very, very raunchy movie. Like, it would be, like, X-rated if... I remember that movie.
2: <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, it was, it was good. And she liked that guy that used to work out of a, like, truck mm-hmm. or whatever. And she worked for a fashion
1: thing
3: or
2: whatever, or her job. She faked
3: it
1: She... I don't know, like, I think her main... Ba- I'm not sure if it was her main gig, but she was babysitting. Like, that was basically the premise. Like, she was the babysitter. And so all the male characters in the movie, um, the child's father, um, these two um, guys that she knew from high school, and then the kid that she was actually babysitting were all having sexual fantasies about her. And, like, throughout the movie, you would be able to go into... You basically saw it into their minds. and saw their wow. fantasy of having sex with her. And so I realized wow. that as I watched every single fantasy... I was completely ignoring her and I was focused on the guy. I was like, "Why aren't they showing full frontal?" And like, you know, like how they you can't like see like the full genitalia. I was like leaning right. over and like looking like, "Why aren't they showing it?" And so by the end of the movie, by the end of the movie, I was like, "Oh shit, I'm gay!" <laughs> well, what a way to find
3: out!
0: And this was on uh, on on TV. Was it, it was, was on, like, HB, it was like,
3: HBO or something. Oh, okay,
0: there you go. That makes more sense then. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're not going to see anything on cable, dude. I don't care how much you lean to the right, you're not going to catch a glimpse. Yeah, so you
2: you run through the streets naked yelling Eureka.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but, um, prior, well, prior to that, um, I remember my mom and my stepdad had sat me down, and they said that, you know, if you ever, ever quote-unquote, decide to be gay, like, we're not going to tolerate it, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. Wow. From my perspective, I really did not know what that meant. Like I kind of, I kind of understood, but I was like, "Oh, okay, whatever." (laughs) And then, like you know, when I actually realized that I was, then I was like, "Oh shit!" And it was at that point I realized that my relationship with the family would probably never be the same, and it had not So, after that point, I kind of became suicidal and clinically depressed. I was depressed from age 11 to 16 until I actually came out. And during that time, it was like I said, I was really suicidal. Like I thought about suicide almost every day, I would say, um, whether it was just, you know, trying to, like, end it myself, either, like, shooting myself or stab myself or just, like, walking out in traffic blind. Like, I just wanted the pain to go away because um, I was raised Christian, and obviously, like... As was I, all right. There was a lot of, like, through my parents, like, there was, like, I honestly, at that time, I honestly believed that, like, God hated me and God despised me and that I wasn't worthy of living, and wow. so...
2: Because um, that—that's what Jesus meant when he said love everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
1: I, you know, I hate that shit.
2: Because I mean, uh, the the way that they legitimize those type of beliefs is when you read uh, Leviticus, right? Sure. And it says no man should lay with another man. Right. But in Leviticus, also, it says you shouldn't eat shellfish, pork. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if your wife uh, cheats on you, you get to stone her. And why? Um, well, let's not throw all those out. <laughs> but, but my point is, is that uh, if we don't adhere to any of the other aspects of it, why are why are we supposed to so strictly adhere to this one particular right. point? It's, uh, I, just and that's a lot
1: of that's what a lot of um, progressive no progressive Christian churches who advocate for gay rights also dictate. It's like we don't follow ninety percent of the rules in Leviticus. So why are like other Christians clinging to this one particular issue. Yeah, it's a
0: selective religion. You can't choose the parts you like and disregard the parts you don't like. It's either you either take all of it or you are very liberal with the whole thing. You can't just pick one and say this is this is a hard and fast point no matter what. This one, eh, not so much. We all enjoy pork. That's fine, but not the gays. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: I don't get can't that. Can't like why that? The, why the gays? <laughs> the, the gays that just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, what what in, in your opinion do you, I mean, does the the uh, LGBT, uh, Mm -hmm. that's the acronym, Uh, do they have a working theory about why the Christian uh, church is so dead set on that specific thing and like pretty much nothing
3: else?
1: Well, it's funny because um, every every semester we actually host an event on campus called God Made Me Gay where we actually invite um, pastors and clergy from open and affirming churches to come to the campus and speak. Huh. to the students on sexual orientation and faith and why they advocate for gay rights causes. And um for the past three semesters we've had guest speakers from the United Church of Christ, uh the More Light Presbyterians and um Dignity USA which is a national national gay uh Catholic organization. And oh, wow. what they've all what they've all basically is that, said is that Is that um, like the gay Republicans? Uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lot of cabin Republicans. They're funny <laughs> they've all basically said is that you know it, at every point in history um the church needs a specific body of people to scapegoat and unfortunately for the lgbt community we're it at this point so as long as they feel as if they if we, if we can only get rid of the gays then you know society will be perfect and everything will go back to the way it should be right, just to specify
0: for one quick second
1: lgbt is uh, lesbian, lesbian gay, gay bisexual bi- and transgender
0: perfect okay okay because this is a term that I just came into knowledge of when I uh, first heard about you, Robert was telling me about you, the, the LGBT, and I'm like, I like, I don't know what that meant. And I, I want to apologize in advance, because I'm pretty <laughs> sure that uh, during the rest of the show, I'm going to sound maybe a little bit ignorant, mm-hmm. but these are real questions that I have. I'm not trying to be offensive in any way. And
1: uh, Well, the only way you learn is by asking questions. Exactly. And that's, so that's, that's, and
0: that's, that's kind of what this whole thing is about, because I'm, I'm very curious. I want to know a lot of things. As I've said in previous podcasts, different walks of life fascinate me. Mm-hmm. When uh, Robert first took me to uh, one of his uh, BDSM clubs, I, I was fascinated by it. Uh, I went to the first gay club about two months ago, and I was fascinated just because it's not something that I'm used to, not something that I'm around all the time, mm-hmm. and it's just seeing a different way of life. It it, it really fascinates me. So I'm I'm glad you agreed to come on, so we can. Uh, I can learn, maybe some of the listeners can also learn about everything that's going on, so we're not as ignorant and.
2: Which, which, by the way, I went to a gay club, too, and uh, apparently the popular way for lesbians to dance with you is to um, freak a girl in front of them and then pull you in from behind and then reverse hump you while also <laughs> humping the girl in front of them, huh. which is more like a controlled fall, more than <laughs> dancing. Uh,
0: All right. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, from my experience at the gay club, which I think I mentioned on one of the previous podcasts, is the uh, the guys like to just pile drive each other where it's it's like it's like a jackhammer where somebody's on face on the floor almost and just ramming the guy into the ground as hard as they can. Yeah, is. dude, it
2: reminds me of uh, Comet, Comet, the insult Comet dog just like <laughs> going to town on a doll like a Cocker Spaniel
0: or something. But
3: <laughs> well, yeah,
1: nonetheless, creepy. very fascinating to me because it's not something I'm used to. But there's another thing about um, terminology that, because, like, I, know our, I guess our community has gone through a lot of um, term changes. Like, the original term was, um, well, I mean, we started off just being the clinical term, homosexual. Like, somebody who's attracted to a member of the same sex. Right. But that isn't really fair, because, like, not everybody in our community is actually exclusively attracted to the same sex, obviously. We have um, bisexual and then transgender people who can be attracted to either sex. In the 1930s, 40s, 50s, like, when the field of psychology was still emerging, um, homosexuality was still classified as a mental disorder. And so... Yeah, and the, DS-
0: wow.
2: the DSM, uh, like, two or three manual, even have been all the way, way, way into, uh, you know, humanity considering itself more advanced and civilized. They were still like, you guys are, are mentally deficient.
1: Yeah, it wasn't actually declassified as a mental disorder until 1973.
2: But I thought back in, like, the Roman days, being gay
0: was a way of life.
1: Yeah, but the, you have to, like, there are obviously things that we... Digressed from, yeah, yeah, moved away from. And it's more
0: the picking and choosing what we like and don't like. Is that? Well, it it's it's.
2: Well, why do they call it the the dark ages? Is yeah. it because we were more advanced before then, and then we d- we kind of like took a, a trip off of a hill, and then suddenly oh. we think that there's demons in people, and we need leeches to suck <laughs> the bad blood out. <laughs> you know, if you look back to Roman times, they had all the medical equipment that's almost like 90% similar to the stuff we use now. The same techniques, everything. They just chose to forget it
1: but um going off of that so during that time period like the fact that i'm openly speaking as a transgender person would not have been possible during that time period i mean you could be institutionalized okay. like you were um thrown in jail for being a sexual deviant etc like it just was not possible to be openly anything during that time period and uh we were we're pretty much still living in the shadow of that the mindset of that area where people still literally believe that if you're gay then that means that you're a mental sexual deviant I, so I, I just want to flip
2: the table on that and anybody that really legitimately and, and uh, thinks that gay is being mentally deficient they are mentally deficient themselves. absolutely I mean that's that's I don't understand how uh, you know conservatives who are supposedly so libertarian uh, who are supposed to respect personal autonomy to the, the greatest degree uh, somehow think that they are in a moral position to criticize people based on their sexual orientation it doesn't make sense to me if you're a real libertarian, that is, per, you know, really it's an economic philosophy, you don't give a fuck what the hell they're doing, for the most part, as long as there's money's green.
0: Yeah, and as I mentioned, a lot of these guys that come out against being gay or anything...
2: They're the biggest homosexuals yeah, ever. Tr- turns
0: out they got, they're ordering
2: man slaves from boytoy.com
0: d- yeah. or something to <laughs> <If, if laughs> carry their luggage. That, I mean, you
2: want to talk about sexual deviancy, they're, I mean... I'm sure there's like white picket fence gays out there. Those log cabin homosexuals—they're probably very conservative. Mm-hmm. They only want to do it a missionary
1: with like a shroud in between them and shit, you know,
2: because they're just dealing with issues. But whatever. They, but at
3: the, least they're still open.
1: Like I think exactly. that's, a pro- that's a problem. That's a problem. Like when you closet yourself, then he gets you, preloaded. It, yeah, right? because you you actually create mental deficiencies in yourself when you deny who you are. And so yep. they right. take it. Those people who are closeted and then, like you know try to stand, oh, I'm morally opposed to homosexuality. End up doing things that you know normal gay people wouldn't never consider. <laughs> the biggest
2: fucking thing that that never gets brought up about Rush Limbaugh because people that listen to Rush Limbaugh listen to him and only him is that he's gotten caught coming back from th- uh, third world countries, Latin America, and he he's actually been caught being interested in little boys. He has Viagra and, and pills that aren't prescribed to him in his luggage. He's gotten caught several times. I know about the pills. I don't know about the other stuff. I'm, if you research him and uh, pedophilia. And uh, I think that will be a rude awakening for anybody that's strictly uh, conservative.
0: Wow. And he just got married this last weekend for the fourth time. Uh, how many of them? <laughs> yeah. How <laughs> many?
2: you know, uh, one week they're married, the next week they're in the airport tapping their shoe on the stall. Right?
1: Yeah. But the, where I was going with, like, the whole terminology is that uh, when it was still classified as a mental disorder, I mean, when you called somebody homosexual, you were essentially, you weren't really talking about their sexual orientation. You were talking about their mental deficiency.
3: And so, to, ah. try and work, to
1: try and work away from that kind of um, mental image in people's minds, we started using the word homophile. And you know, the suffix phile means love. And so, homophile obviously means love of one's own sex. Because we were trying to emphasize that we don't just have sex with people of the same sex, we actually fall in love and have relationships with people of the same sex. Right. But unfortunately, in the 60s, um, because of the lingui- linguistic similarity between homophile, homophile and, and pedophile, homophile. Uh, I mean, that's where we got the stereotype that all gay people are pedophiles. And so, okay, that didn't work.
0: (laughs) Yeah, as soon as you said homophile, I thought, oh, I don't don't know if that's going to work out. Just phile in itself has been linked with all kinds of bad things. But you said it it means to love?
1: Yeah, like a bibliophile is a person who loves books. Uh, um,
0: See, I would think it's a person that sodomizes books. No, like... (laughs) Based on the terminology. (laughs) Think about philosophy.
2: What does that break down to? Philo
1: Philo and
0: Sophia.
3: Sophia, Love Love of wisdom. What's
0: Philo?
1: If you love,
2: love. Yeah, right yeah, it's the same thing it's just in a different order ah but when you make it a prefix it's
1: not
3: creepy <laughs>
1: <laughs> which like just i mean just speaking speaking strictly from a linguistic point of view that that's why I'm, i've always been con- confused about the word pedophile because i'm like well love of children shouldn't that be a good thing yeah i love my child <laughs> but i'm not a pedophile like can I we have know. can we have a different term that yeah. like love is a bad i don't appreciate that <laughs> But anyway, so we moved away from using the word homophile and so um that's when we started the gay and lesbian by like using the term gay and lesbian as a movement. Okay. And uh, part of the reason why we switched to gay and lesbian, not only gay, is because a lot of people think that if you're part of the LGBT community that you know, like, you know, you're like isolated in your own little bubble and nothing and in the rest of the world has any effect on you whatsoever. But we still grow up with Sound all the same San Francisco seems like that. We we still grow up with all the same stereotypes, <laughs> we still grow up with all the same um um, I guess, vile Vices that are in society, like sexism, racism, like all those things, still affect us.
2: Yeah, I so, know that's a like perfect example. Gay Republican. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it shows that uh, independent of sexuality, stupidity afflicts uh, the majority of Americans. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. We, we brought up that fact last time. Ninety-five percent of people are between the seventy to one hundred or one thirty percent of IQ. Yeah. 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 a lot of dumbass people.
2: Yeah. But let's be honest. I don't. I don't care uh, what people are as far as their, their backgrounds that people choose to focus on to discriminate against them, I'm primarily concerned with one thing. They're intelligent. Yeah. If they're fucking stupid, I don't like them. <laughs> That's it. That's my one rule, my yeah. measuring stick, right there. But then again, there's a lot of quote-unquote smart
0: people that would come out against the gay movement. They may have a high IQ, but they're also intolerant. So it doesn't exactly go hand-in-hand.
2: Hand. I, I feel... uh I don't, I don't know if you've ever seen uh, that... that, that uh, late late night talk show i forget what his name is right now it's not o'brien and it's not leno uh but it's the one that all the old people listen to uh that's not those two guys and several times carson that's back in the day no 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 but uh but but several times a bill o'reilly has been on this guy's show and and i'm sure anybody who's listened to bill o'reilly uh needs heart and blood pressure medication. Um, he's, very angry he's very, very angry, and he he just railroads people, even though he makes a really stupid argument. And when he's on this guy's show, who's very well spoken, very much like him, where he can just railroad somebody if he wants to. He goes, "Bill, Billy, Billy, I've said, oh. <laughs> I've said for a long time that you're too smart to believe the things that you argue." <laughs> Yes. And, and and there a couple times if you look this shit up on YouTube, Bill O'Reilly just looks at him and smiles.
3: And, <laughs> it's just like, and
2: it's just like he is. He's a hired gun, man. He's he he doesn't believe that shit. He's just exceptionally good at his job. And if yes. and if you think about lawyers in California, ninety percent of them are like that. They they'll argue a case even if they don't believe it, and they will be good at it.
0: Yeah. No, he is very good at what he does. And I I first got into Bill O'Reilly. Uh, during the uh, the recent election with the uh, the Obama McCain thing, I started. Uh, I wanted to get all the different viewpoints, so I started watching Fox News and CNN to get both sides of the story. And I think for the election anyway, uh, he I think was the most uh, neutral person because people came and attacked Obama, and uh, he would defend it if they were if they were being stupid about it. If they had stupid facts, he would defend them. And but vice versa, he'd take both sides based on whatever the facts were. So at the beginning, I was like, this guy's awesome, because he is taking both sides. But then the election ended, and then he got into his normal show, and I started realizing, all right, now you're getting a little crazy, my brother. Yeah. A little too much out yeah.
2: there. He, you know what he does? He, he uh, asks uh, loaded questions a lot of times. Yeah. So like, well, some people are saying this, some people are saying that. Uh, is it uh, communism? Are we on the road to uh, Nazi Germany?
0: Yeah, we're all socialists. And, yeah, uh, yeah.
2: It, is it socialism? Is it? Stay tuned, and we're going to answer these questions. Now, you don't see him turning the other way around and be like, uh, "Some people are saying this, and some people are saying that." Um, is it stupidity? Is it <laughs> blind zeal? <laughs> you know, you don't see him yeah. ask the questions the other way. Yeah, he'll he'll he'll, blame, he'll paint broad strokes with uh, very noncommittal statements. And that's where the partisanship, in my mind, kind of leaks in to that guy's show.
0: And uh, what, what he does also, I know we've gotten a little bit off of the, uh, your, your topic. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, Scotty, but uh, Bill O'Reilly, i got a lot of things to say about him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and also just his type of people, the, all the Fox Newsers. In radio, in television, conservative talk, conservative shows are 95% of the market. There's not a whole lot of liberal people that have successful shows. And I don't know if it's because it's more entertaining to hear the nutjobs reel on and on, or they're pandering that conservatives are all the only people that listen to the radio or watch TV. But It's it, because it is
2: obvious b- statements aren't entertaining.
0: Yeah, and I, I do listen to uh, the, uh, KFI, which is a very conservative station. Yeah. And some of the stuff, I, I know it's crazy, and it's, it's purely for entertainment. I don't subscribe to their beliefs, but the fact that they are saying this out loud and believing it wholeheartedly... It's, it's entertaining to me because how could you think that crazy
2: well it's, it's like Elena Kagan recently I mean to, to kind of sweep it around back to the the gay issue um, a lot of times they were they were just trying to pit, paint her as this like bull dyke lesbian I, I mean they, they no they were That's they right. were I, I they, seeing these they tried to paint it and they had her there in like softball gear as if uh, every girl that plays softball is a huge you know dyke on spike right. <laughs> girl. And, and um you know my immediate thought was how is somebody's whose rights are protected by the Constitution uh, somehow compromised uh, in interpreting? Yeah, it'd, it'd be like saying, in my mind, I'm like, because of the Fourteenth Amendment, the, her, her, even if she was gay, she'd be completely protected by the Constitution. It, it would be parallel to saying, well, because this guy's black, he's not, he shouldn't be a Supreme Court justice because he's somehow biased. Mm. You know, and and they did try to pull that with Sayoto Mayor. That's right, remember? yes. Yeah, I mean, mean, and they didn't blatantly say it, but that was really, that was the the underlying message. Because she's a Latina. She's going to
0: favor Latinos type of thing. She's going
2: to favor minorities. Right. Ah,
0: Anyway, we can go on politics forever, but let's What? what, what,
2: what, How do you feel about uh, Elena Kagan? Do you, I mean, have you, are you familiar? No, I'm not,
1: I'm actually not familiar, but. She's
2: Obama Supreme Court Justice nominee because uh, John Paul Stevens, which is pretty much like the, the most liberal justice on the court. Yeah, he
1: just recent he's just recently retired. So yeah,
2: you know who John Stevens is. He's made a lot of decisions in and uh, the gay community's favor. And um, there he's replacing Obama's replacing uh him with Elena Kagan, who is a uh, dean of uh, like law and teaches constitutional issues at uh, Harvard. So she, she's got some yeah. real intellectual
0: you know caliber right there and there has been a lot of speculation that she is a lesbian.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And there are people coming out from her past, including one guy, I forget his name, but he was one of the guys that got caught up in one of the gay scandals, uh, The saying that, I knew her back in high school and she did like guys. I'm like, alright, fantastic. But also, this this is a guy that's Come out, or not come out, but he's been busted on the the homosexual stuff uh, after being an advocate against it. So I, I don't know if you could take his word for it, but as far as a, uh, it's just so Court... funny
1: the, like it has no relevance. Like, why would her sexuality matter? I mean, exactly, educated... exactly. That's what I was about yeah. to
0: say. It as should... a Supreme Court justice, does it really matter what her sexuality is? It's it's about the it's about the letter of the law.
1: Yeah. Yes.
2: But how, how
0: would you feel about having somebody that is supposedly, uh, allegedly, I don't know, whatever the word is, uh, a lesbian in the Supreme Court justice? I think that would, that would I think be a it would be more
1: you? significant if she were an open lesbian. Like, that would be a significant stride to have somebody who's actually openly gay or lesbian uh, seated on the Supreme Court because then it's a stance saying that somebody who is openly gay and proud can also be a contributing member of society.
2: Now, now do you see that, um, now, say for instance, she does get nominated, she gets approved, she gets put on the court, and then later on she comes out that she is a lesbian, and she she you know intentionally uh, hid the fact mm. all up until that point. Do you think that she would get a lot of flack for that? I mean, because it's a lifetime appo- appointment, they right. can't they can't take her back. Mm. Yeah,
1: I don't think she'd get a lot of flack for it. I think she'd actually be at least commemorated for coming out. I think, especially if she explained that she she did she only closeted herself specifically so that she could attain that position because she knew that she knew the opposition. It's like, I can either, and that's a lot, that's a lot of difficulty that a lot of gay people mm-hmm. go through. Like, if you're not going into entertainment as a, as a career field, a lot of people who go into like politics or medicine or et cetera, they really have to make that choice. Like, is it going to be more hurtful or helpful for me to be open in my career? Like, what am I going to be able to do more if I'm open or closeted okay. and that sort of thing? So it's not always like a black and white issue. It's like, what can I, how can I put my best foot forward for the good that everybody's is it going to be if now, I'm going to be closeted, or am it, should I become? Should I, I mean, just be open?
2: That's a huge issue, though, because I mean, for instance, you have all those conservatives that do get caught for all of this uh, kind right. of closeted uh, hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. what we, we we end up seeing it as is hypocrisy. Absolutely, right. And um, now, in their mind, couldn't they also be said to just simply, uh, you know, hiding the fact that they're gay because they think well, that their philosophical be- beliefs are, are for the better of all.
1: Well, it's different, it's different if you're, if you're closeted and you just keep your sexuality just, just private. But with the people that we get caught up in these scandals, these are people who are blatantly, brazenly going after gay people saying they shouldn't have rights, they shouldn't have the that's right to true. marry, they shouldn't have the right to marry children, etc. Okay, if so. If you're just, I'm point. just saying, like, if you're just closeted and you're just keeping your, your personal life just private, just between you and whoever you're with, not necessarily attacking other gay people. Like, that's a very huge difference. Right.
2: So do you feel that anybody that is Republican and also gay, uh, is a hypocrite? I know that's a big statement.
0: Yeah, I don't see how that ties in.
2: Well, because I mean, traditionally, if you're going to be like p- along party lines, uh, the Republican Party is t- typically the one that's kind of spewing all this stuff about like you know gay people. No, they shouldn't have the right. Well, to I mean the, and have to okay.
1: this and that. I mean, I don't think I don't think that's wrong because I mean, if you're a Republican and those are the actual philosophical beliefs that you subscribe to, then that's fine. Yeah. But I mean, like the law, of Cameron, the law of Republicans, which is like the official like gay Republican Party, like you know they. Every year at the GOP, they always try to get the rest of the GOP to come in and align with them that, you know, we should be advocating for gay rights. Um, Senator McCain's wife and his daughter both, um, came out in favor of gay marriage and they were guest speakers at the Locker Republican Ch- Party.
2: Ch- Cheney's daughter's gay. That's right, right. Yeah.
1: And she changed his mind on the issue. He was like, I can't. I can't be morally opposed to homosexuality if my daughter is a lesbian, so that's why he changed his position.
2: Which is proof that he's not absolutely evil. (laughs) (laughs) I was halfway expecting him to eat her. (laughs) Just just eat her.
1: But I think think it takes a lot of courage that if you're part of a group or any kind of organization that has typically been victimizing you to stand up and say, I'm in agreement with most of your beliefs, but I think all of you need to change your issue on this specific thing and stand your ground for it.
0: Yeah, like like what you were saying, Rex. Uh, As far as being a gay Republican, it's one issue you don't agree with. Like, I consider myself to be a Democrat, but there are a lot of Republican beliefs that I do subscribe to, just because, based on the certain issue, I go the other way. Doesn't mean I'm a hypocrite for being a Democrat, but also pro whatever the Republican agenda is in this situation.
1: Yeah. And so you can do that with any political philosophy. I absolutely. mean, you're not yeah. going to subscribe to like 100% of everything that your party does 100% of the time.
0: Right. Otherwise, you'll be uh, a Bill Maher <laughs> a Bill O'Reilly. All the yeah. way to the right, all the way to the left. The you can't. Left. You can't... Right. That's, that's a little crazy. It's not good. Extremes of anything upset me. <laughs> they whether do. Whether it be political parties oh my God, or an ethnic group, if you're an extreme of anything. Except for whores. I'm upset. I like whores. <laughs> <laughs> There's a time and a place for everything. <laughs> yeah. Extreme sex. Yes. <laughs> Wasn't that
2: a series on HBO?
1: Probably. I would, I would not doubt it. I want to come back to, like, my original point was talking about the, the labels, but it actually does tie into everything that we talk about, like how politics play a role in every community, even the gay community. Because while we were going through, like, our label changes in the 50s and 60s, like, trying to figure out something that would work for us, um, a lot of people don't realize, especially historically, that there was a lot of animosity between um, men who have sex with men and then women who have sex with women because of sexism in our community because the sexism yeah the patriarchal stereotypical male-dominated societies is oh, things that we <laughs> things that we grew up with and so that's going to be a part that colors part of who we are and so issues that were central or specific or favorable to gay white men specifically were taking precedent over everything else and so there was a okay. lot of discontinuity between um gay and bisexual men and lesbian bisexual women.
2: See, that makes me want to, like, punch people. It really does. And it's not a hate crime if you're not punching them for, like, a, like one of those things. I'm yeah. Just, I'm, I'm punching them for being stupid. Right? Well, let's be honest. What is a hate crime, anyways? Now, maybe you could clarify for, you know... Yeah, clarify the, the, this for me. Double whammy One here. time, I I saw this show. It was about a cop that went back in time. It was a really fucking cheesy show. <laughs> but... He was a cop in like the 1960s, and he came from the 2010, the 2000, whatever. And he goes there, and he's talking to this uh, this guy. He goes, you know, hey, this, uh, forgive me, but the cops are there. They're talking. He's like, yeah, had yeah, this guy, this guy here, he got killed because he was a faggot. And then the cop that's from the future, he goes, oh, you mean it was it was a hate crime? And then the cops from there, they kind of chuckle and they go, as opposed to, a, I really fucking like you, crime. <laughs> so, so uh, that's amusing. Maybe, maybe you could provide some some clarity on this issue.
1: Um, well, I guess the legal definition of a hate crime would be where the entire motivation is based on either the person's religion, their gender, or their sexual orientation. Like, as it does, it has little to actually do with your personal interaction with this person. Like, you know, if you had been dating or had known this person your entire life, or like, it's it's more motivated just by a category that this person happens to be into.
2: It's oh so about, it's is about it, intent. Is it's kinda like uh yeah, exactly. Purely based on discrimination.
1: Yeah, purely based on discrimination. Okay. Not because not because the person actually did something to you that would warrant you attacking
0: them. Okay. Alright, that makes so, sense. So so if we were in a in a bar situation and you came up to me and you were talking shit for whatever reason mm-hmm. and I punch you in the face, that's not a hate crime.
1: No, because I was intentionally like pressing Attitude. you on. Right. Yeah.
0: But then if you were making out with your boyfriend or whatever, and I would like... Oh, Bust the cap. <laughs> How dare you make out with the guy in front of me? Then I mm-hmm. clock you. That's a hate crime. Yeah. All right. All right. That makes sense. But now, could you sue me for a hate crime if I punched you for the uh, the former?
1: I think it would be hard to prove, because if like if there are witnesses that say, like, I was intentionally trying to aggravate you for whatever reason, they'd be like, well, it's not a hate crime. The guy was just defending himself. So, I mean, I think that would be a, that would be a much harder case to prove.
0: Okay. I can see that. Yeah, that makes I, sense.
2: That's, that's a pretty clear line.
0: But I, I feel like although the line would be clear, I feel like a lot of people would play that card.
2: Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, that's probably uh, Probably a lot of people try to play that card. But the point is is to punish it where it's clear and blatant, I think. To, to say, well, you know, here's a case where it's very obvious that the only motivation was this. And right. this is an extreme case that ought to be punished more mm-hmm. because we need to discourage this. Okay. I could, I could definitely see that. I mean, because I mean, it's also different than a crime of passion. Not to say that crime of passions are are more legitimate. Uh, you know, you, you if somebody's you know screwing your wife, yeah. you, you shouldn't kill them. Stone yeah. them, like we said earlier. Yeah, you're right. The Bible says to stone them. That's while what I'm going eating, for. <laughs>
0: while you're eating shellfish. That's right. While, <laughs> stoning while eating <laughs> yeah. shellfish. Well, yeah, stone them with shellfish. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Frozen yes. shellfish. It. <laughs> like a double whammy. <laughs> Uh, getting back to uh, kind of the question I asked uh, there are those crazy fanatics that do uh, give your cause a bad name Mm -hmm. Uh, the type of person that would try to sue me as a hate crime for punching them while they were just causing shit Mm -hmm. there are the extremists that I think hurt your cause more than help your cause because yeah of of course
1: and you're going to find that in every every community like no matter what it is like there's always going to be at least like one asshole that just like, just everybody else looks at like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> give, give us an example. Um, um, please give us an
2: example. <laughs> there, there wasn't a, any uh, specific time there where, say, for instance, you were in a situation, and uh, we we'll talked about this in one of our other shows, <laughs> um, and, and you were like, oh, no, 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 don't, don't, don't. Well, you're, yes. you're embarrassing all of us. You're making us look <laughs> you're bad. You're making us look bad. <laughs> yes,
3: yes. That's
1: oh, necessary. okay. Just recently, um, Mount Sack was they had the students the student government had the clubs um do like an athletics day where I guess we were supposed to like pick an pick an athletics sport and then like represent it um in a big like community field thing, like a presentation. Kind of like join a club where they have all the tables out there and yeah. everybody walks around and looks at all the displays and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Yep. So we get aquatics and so aquatics is like usually the swim team, et cetera, et cetera. So one of the st- uh, members of our club, who were name nameless, decided that he wanted to grease himself up in a speedo with one of the little, uh, oh, no. those pink little like uh, lasso like foam things that like kids play with in the pool. and Okay, the noodles. Yeah, the noodles. And just running around like as the most like flamboyant, the most flamboyant like, etc. Like. Uh, he could be because that's just how he naturally is, and so the uh, athletics. Honestly,
2: I wouldn't have thought that he was gay. Uh, I just would have thought he was green acting. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: I hate Twilight, by the way.
3: Thank, <laughs> Thank God. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. But uh,
1: getting back to the point where he, the athletics, the aquatics team at school was aggravated with us, and you know, first of all, I had no idea what was going on because so I wasn't actually involved in this activity. But we went that day, after the event was completely over, we, I helped, um, him, our pres, our current president, and, um, some of the other members, like, take all the stuff back to the aquatics department. And the coach, like, ripped us a new one. Like. (laughs) That's a
2: lot, because you're already gay. (laughs) 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 Like,
1: he was like, we were embarrassed, like, the team was embarrassed, and, like, we felt like we were being made fun of, and da da da. And, in my head, I am just thinking, fucking, than the person's name, because I can't say it. <laughs> it's like thank you for like yeah. getting us in hot water with yet another another body of our student right. government.
2: So do you exile that person?
1: We try.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Is that against policy to exile people from your group?
2: You know, do you know it brings up another issue. We've, we've had a previous show about this um, uh, about bisexual discrimination. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, we we had a whole show about this, and I was telling you that he was telling me because I've known Skylar for a while now.
3: That's that right. He, he, commented, he are,
2: commented
0: on our uh, on our Facebook page.
2: Yes, mm-hmm. he did. He did. That show and uh, bisexuals are apparently uh, oftenly discriminated against by the. Bi- yeah, I mean the bisexual
1: people are often equally hated by both heterosexuals and homosexuals alike. So wow. bisexual people get a lot of... Wow, and they're
2: from. my, like, favorite ones. <laughs> well, I mean, looking back on my relationship choices, I love girls that uh, love girls. <laughs>
0: just just saying. I'll find one of those someday. <laughs> someday.
1: But, I mean, that brings up another point, going back to the, the changes in terminology. Like, we had to go from saying gay and lesbian to gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender because we need to emphasize the fact that we're not just we're actually a very diverse community, and right. that we need to acknowledge and respect everybody that's in our group.
2: Right, and that—that's that, kind of like what I was pointing out. Uh, the the specific incident we were talking about was uh, the bisexuals were suing a gay softball league because of discrimination, and they were the gay softball league was saying this obviously is just the gay Olympics, not the bisexual uh, yeah. gay Olympic uh, softball or whatever it is. And um, I was
1: like, I'm like, that, if that's... you want, if you really want to be an asshole and argue a point, I guess they that could be valid. I mean, come on.
0: Really? That's what I'm saying. Really?
2: So, like, <laughs> 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 that was the thing. You're not gay enough to join our softball team. Come uh, on. Tell me what percentage is, is the right amount of gay. So, <laughs>
0: so I got to have a bicycle shorts and waving a rainbow flag for me to join your oh, goddamn team? You got to oil yourself up and wear Speedos and Jesus carry noodles. noodles. To, uh, rocking out to the 80s or what is it? <laughs> Sweat into the 80s in order to join the team? <laughs> what? <laughs> Richard Simmons. <No>. Richard Simmons? <laughs>
1: But to kind of go back to that point, like, I do want to, like, backtrack a little bit because um, our friend who was oiled up in the noodles, like, that's part of his natural personality. I mean, like, that's honestly how he is, like, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week.
2: So he's always inappropriate. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I, I know I know the same type of person you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. But to be fair, like, because okay. I was thinking about this when the coach was, like, you know, s- screaming his head off at us. <laughs> I was thinking, like, are you more upset because you think that people are now are gonna automatically think that you and your team are gay? Like, do you have a problem with gay people? Are you right. are you actually mad at the fact that you know he was out there in noodles? And so we still get that kind of bias where like, oh, like you can be you can be whoever you want to be as long as like it has no reflection on us, as if we're better or that kind of thing. And so like, I was, it's kind of like I was fighting both sides. I'm like, I can well, that. I was like, okay, yeah, he shouldn't have been like. We all agree that he shouldn't have been doing that specific thing at this event. But at the right. same time, like. Clearly, you Wired have a bias against gay people. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, that get, I could get, could get that. Yeah,
0: and kind of along the line.
1: Because like lines. he was being, he was being very cordial in the way he was speaking to us, but I bet if they were like, if all gloves were off, people would have been calling us a bunch of fucking faggots. So.
0: Right. it's kind of like the same thing I was saying about the, uh, the story I told earlier about the uh Hispanic lady in the Walmart. By doing what you're doing, you're not representing the whole race. Mm-hmm. By having your kid out of control inside of Walmart, it doesn't mean all Hispanics have out of control children. No. But you also, I guess, you do have to, it's up to the individual to represent what they want to represent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you want to represent somebody that has control over their kid, then it's up to you to do it. And in, in the same in the same way, that, that guy, he could have thought, this is a public event. I don't want to portray myself to be crazier than I actually am and give what I'm doing a bad name. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Especially since we weren't doing, like, the main argument was that we weren't doing it for our club. We were supposed to be doing it for the athletics team. And so... We weren't, we weren't even representing ourselves, which right. I was completely unaware of in the first place. That's why I was like, I'm confused because I don't even know, like, we're not supposed to be representing ourselves, why are we doing this in the first place? Like, th- that whole event <laughs> was very, very confusing, and so... That makes
2: sense. I mean, what if you're a closeted athletic person, too? I mean, where <laughs> what are they supposed to do?
0: <laughs> closeted athletic person? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I want to show off that I can uh, sink a basket from half court, or what?
2: I don't know, man. I, it's, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that's just a ninja. A ninja? yeah. Right. yeah.
1: But uh, yeah, discrimination in our community runs really deep, because you have like, we mascul- have masculine gay men who hate feminine gay men, and then wait, you wait, have... Wait, wait, hold
2: on. So you mean not the discrimination against the community, but the mm. discrimination within. within, like, gay people hating other gay people. Yeah, like... Gay people hating bi
1: people, uh, et cetera. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So you have like masculine gay men who, like, you know, love beer and sports and uh, okay. ESPN and all that kind of stuff who hate feminine gay men because they think that uh, feminine gay men are the stereotype, and that they embody what America hates about us. and so Like Jack yeah. from Will and Grace. Yeah, exactly. And I so,
2: love Jack from
1: Will and Grace. I do, too. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, He's like the, the <laughs> most entertaining character. <laughs> yes. There are gay, gay men who literally believe that people who are naturally that way are crippling the gay rights movement because they're basically just being themselves.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I understand what you're saying because uh, I can relate in a way with the uh, me being a Hispanic. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Hispanic people that I... I loathe because they're embodying the wrong type of Hispanic that I think they should be doing. The uh, the people that had a, a protest about a month ago in L.A. Uh, against the P-182, I believe it's called, or 172, whatever the Arizona law is yeah. against immigration. There was people rallying in the streets waving Mexican flags. Like, and, and this is the fucking United States of America. You're hurting you your You should cons. be waving an American flag. Yes, waving an American flag. I yeah. want to be a citizen. I want to be here.
2: Well, not not only that. No, I would just be like, if there's anything you want to invoke, it'd be the Constitution.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. So th- there's always people, I think, in whatever group you're in, whether Hispanic in my case, uh, transgender in your case, where there is somebody going way too far across the line, where I could see within a group, there could still be segregation within a group, even though you're supposed to be the same group. There's a, there's a lot of, ah, there's a lot of tension because not everybody invokes the same kind of thought process that you do.
1: And then there are also there are also gay, gay, lesbian and bisexual people who discriminate against transgender people again because there's a difference between sexual orientation and gender identity and there are a lot of people who think that we shouldn't be a part of the community at all.
2: You know, like I said, can't, well, can't we just hate people for being stupid? Right. <laughs> I mean really I mean I, I expect the majority of people to be stupid out there. It's, it's not, uh, you know, I, I have to say that I also expect people to not be stupid. You know, within each subgroup that I run into, I expect there to be a certain amount of people within that subgroup that I'm like, you got a good fucking head on your shoulders. Oh, and here's, here's a good story because... The exception being... <laughs> I have not met a feminist or a Wiccan <laughs> that can, can uh, really, like, convince
1: me of anything. I'm uh, a feminist. What? I'm a feminist. Well, okay... <laughs> No, oh, really, I, I really am. I what what is feminism,
2: it's, it, according to you, and how how is it uh, clearly portrayed that way amongst different feminist authors? I, explain to me this.
1: Okay, the three basic points of feminism is, number one, political feminism, which means that men and women should have equal representation under law. Second okay. is social feminism, which means that men and women, as far as, like, Gender roles and like places, like having authority in society. Yeah, not necessarily connected to the law, but just having the respect of having an authority as either a male or female should be considered equal. Okay, and then. I literally just forgot the third point. Um, I think <laughs> I think uh, um, economic equality, so that men and women can um, own and transfer property, money, all that kind of stuff equally. Not that that is not based yeah, on I, a person's gender. See,
2: I don't have a problem with any of those things. It's just
1: I feel that's like, that's the core root of feminism. But yeah. like we've been discussing, there are some people who like extremes. pull pull any issue. They to warp the it.
2: Yeah, the, I feel like the majority of feminists out there they warp it and they they take that that social version of feminism, which is.
1: uh I think in my mind, kind of like... Like so, like social feminism would just be um, egalitarian, where yes. men and women are just equal yes. regardless. Of, like I, every person in the relationship or in the society is just equal. The and I,
2: I have no problem with that. But I feel like a lot of these feminists, they get real, real rigid in the way they interpret that. And um, it's kind of like suddenly feminist doctrines become Leviticus. Okay? <laughs> they do. I have certain feminist friends of mine. Hey, guys, how you doing? Guys, how come it has to be guys? <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, why can't it be girls? And I'm like, damn fucking it. seriously, it's an asexual term, man. Like, okay, well, from now on, uh, if I see you and your friends, I'm going to say, hey, girls, how are you doing? I'm all, well, that's different. You're trying to reinterpret social etiquette such <laughs> that you, you've you made it an asexual term, whereas opposed to the, pre, uh, the, the, the preconception that is kind of the status quo is that
1: it's an asexual term.
2: And that isn't... And I understand certain aspects of the status quo may be sexist.
1: Yeah, because we have, we have to but like that in my it's not like in my psychology of women class we actually talked about um, how sexism has evolved in language. Like in language, you find you do find a lot of sexism in language. Like um, in cultures where you have masculine and feminine terms, you always use the masculine term to apply to the whole group. Like instead of right. saying, in words where you have like either l which is masculine or a la which is feminine, when you group it as plural, it's always the masculine term, like loss instead of last. Right. And so we do discuss, like, you know, how sexism has incorporated... There's a lot of...
2: You know, in my mind, uh, the the sexism, in that respect, though, is not necessarily, uh, you know, against women. If you look at a lot of the laws, the way that they're written, blatantly sexist against men. Absolutely. Uh, I was was looking at uh, rape, and I was also looking at assault. I was looking at domestic abuse. I remember domestic abuse. Specifically, I thought it was the way that it was because <laughs> the, the court law has kind of evolved since, uh, you know, a long time The laws are very old. Mm-hmm. And certain laws that are, you know, stood the test of time, you know, in their practice haven't really stood the test of time in the way that they've been egalitarian. And domestic abuse specifically has uh, been described And when you read the law. It says, when a man beats a woman uh, a, or, or when a man assaults a woman or when a man does it and it's never when a woman does this, or when a person, when a person so and see a from, person.
1: and see if you use if you use feminism in like like the two the two main points that I realized if you apply feminism that way to like rewrite the law, it would say when a partner in a relationship. Does such and such yes. to the other partner? That would be very true. Very true. Yeah. That would be a legitimate mm-hmm. feminist principle: is to erase gender bias. Like you're not even bringing gender into the equation. You're just saying when a person assaults another person in a relationship. Yeah.
2: Okay, okay in but in that but, case, but I, I'm on your
0: team about it then.
2: <laughs> I, I, yeah. I mean, I could be on the on your team uh, in that respect, but I also feel like there are certain things that I like to do that just happen to be social etiquette that may be interpreted as uh, sexist to, to certain people that endorse a feminist view. Like I like to. Uh, open doors. I will open a door for a girl when I go out on a date. Right. I will open their their car door even. Chivalry. I, I will yes. Uh, certain mm-hmm. aspects of chivalry. I will pull out their chair. I know I seem like a huge whore in, in certain other podcasts on the show, but there are <laughs> certain, there are certain things you're very that sweet I, whore, that Rex. I do oh. that uh, <laughs> that allow me to be a whore, and um, I like doing those things. I like you know. I right. like,
1: and there's there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, and like another thing that we talk about in my psychology women class is like. In those situations, like the only the only object of feminism is that you're not necessarily forcing a person, a man or a woman, to act that way just because it's been tradition. Like if you both of you choose to fill those types of like traditional roles, that's perfectly fine. That the only the only problem when it becomes an argument against or an argument within feminism is if you're forcing either the male or the woman to subscribe to those beliefs against their own will. Like if a woman if a woman wants to be um, treated chivalrously, then you know that's perfectly. It's, it's kind of like that phrase, "you can't rape the willing." Yeah, kind of, but oh. I don't really want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: you know, let me let me bring up another point. You said you took a uh, philosophy of feminism class or psychology. 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 How
1: did the girls feel about that in that class? All the girls in the class actually really liked it because we we were kind of open to because you know like the this not stereotype of the status quo of like the war between the sexes. Like because we actually got to analyze like what started it, like what what it involves, and then like how to either balance it or work against it, and that kind of thing. So kind of it opened all of our minds a little bit, and then we understood like you know um, we understood what feminism was. Like when I when you guys asked me like what is feminism, that like, that's what exactly what we learned. Okay. Like just equality. To, like feminism is supposed to be about um, making sure that women women and men are equal in society, regardless of what gender they are.
2: Well, because I was hanging out with this one specific chick, and she uh, she went to college with me. And she uh, was,
1: you know, supposedly
2: okay. First of all, she's a women's studies major, and w- women's studies majors they like to invo- invoke this guy uh, Foucault a lot. I can't stand him. He's a philosopher. He doesn't know his shit, in my opinion. But she was against labels. Okay, I tried. I try to bring labels up. in what sense? Labels in general. Label and, and I, okay. This is my point about the whole. We had this discussion. And we were like, because well, I started, I think, on affirmative action and, and just uh, you know, the use of labels to correct for uh, historical injustices in society, mm-hmm. right? And I'm and I'm like, well, you know, the extreme that you've gone to, you pretty much just don't like nouns. Mm-hmm. You, you really are. You're, labels you're have to be necessary.
1: Like I I understand. Like I can understand her point where like labels quite often are used as a, I guess, like a motivator or a catalyst to discriminate against people. Like, if you fall within this category, then, yeah. like, you know, it just makes it easier for somebody to say, oh, I don't like this group of people. But I can also understand your point, too, Whereas, like, we're human beings. We have to function with labels. That's just the way our brain works. Like, yeah, there has I mean, to be
2: one 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 specific uh, example I brought up to it was, like, in California alone, between the ages of 18 and 26, uh, 46% of those people, so almost half, half the people that are, that are uh, you know, of college age in California are uh, Hispanic. Now, you look at uh, Hispanic representation in uh, higher levels of education, and it's somewhere around the area of, uh, like, 20%, 21%. And I'm like, well, why the disparity, okay? That's a perfect (laughs) example of why you need labels. You need labels so that you can show, look, there's something wrong here. You know, Mm -hmm. you're you're not using the label to be like, well, you know, those damn... Those damn beaners, you yeah. <laughs> know, work hard enough. You know, th- that's not the point of that study. The point of the study is to be like, well, we need to subsidize education or we need to do uh, different education stuff, okay? And that was my point to her, and she was just like completely not eating it. She was like, no, no, they, I just don't like labels. Yeah, no, <laughs> labels, are, like I said, are
0: necessary, but the, like in every case, like, like what we've been talking about, there are extremes for everything. You can choose a label, and it'd be fine. Like, Hispanic is a label. Uh, wetback could also be a label. True. Mm-hmm. But it's going the opposite way. You know, yeah. it's, it's going a way where it becomes offensive, and you just it can not become...
1: Like, the moral is that you just can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like, you have yeah, to work yeah, with... Yeah, exactly. Thank you,
2: thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. Perfect you, analogy. God can't. Well, I mean, that's like those libertarians out there, the teabaggers, that are like, we need to get rid of the Department of Education. Well, dude, yeah. you cannot do that. Just because something's broken doesn't mean you don't fix it you you don't throw it out in general you just renovate it you change the way it operates and you keep the system because it obviously was in, you know created with an intent
1: to begin with and right.
2: that tent intent is going to exist whether or not you get rid of it or not
1: speaking of that there's also you know discrimination with transgender people versus biological people who have biological genders, like men discriminate against transse- transgender or transsexual men, and then biological women discriminate against transgender or transsexual women. And uh, one of the things that um, comes up, in especially in feminist theory, is uh, should transgender and transsexual women, such as myself, be considered part of the same struggle as women's and women's rights, because we don't share the same biology.
0: Yeah, I was, I was curious about that when you said that you were a feminist. So like, when you first said it, it caught me off
2: guard. But
0: then, again, you are a transgender female.
2: And, and to be honest with you, I've, uh, I've hung out with, uh, Sky for so often that, uh, I rem- uh, there was a particular incident, uh, where I texted him, I was just like, dude, this is what happened. And, um, I was talking about all the girls that I knew, and while I was hanging out at, uh, Mount Sack. I was just like, yeah, uh, you know, this person and this person and this person and Skyler. And I, I, I caught myself, I, after a, a second or two afterwards, <laughs> I, was, I, I was like, <laughs> Wait, wait a minute, I refer to Skylar as a chick. <laughs> and so, so I definitely see how, after a while, if, if you you knowing Skylar, you could potentially discriminate against him as a woman just but, because but he, he you would prefer up, that, ends would up you not?
1: Into that, uh, that yeah, it's funny car. because. Um, so,
2: so when somebody discriminates... Is, is somebody sexist against you as a woman? Like mm-hmm. they're like, <laughs> <laughs> fucking, fucking bitch. Are you like, yes, thank
0: you. Call me a bitch, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I'm happy, but I'm still gonna kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll smile while I'm stabbing you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> One of the other transgender girls that's in our club um, has already begun hormone therapy, which means. She's still pre-optive, meaning she still has her male genitalia intact, but because she's already, she's been doing hormone therapy since she was 16, visually, she looks completely female, so you would never know, unless she specifically told you that I was born male, that, you know, she was a biological male. Wow. And, um, during one of the Psychology of Women panels, the professor asked her, like, you know, what what has your life been like living originally as male and then living as female? Like, what's been the difference?
2: Does she just not have sex, or?
1: No, she she has has a boyfriend. boyfriend. She, um. Wow. Has uh, she's been dating him for quite a while, I think. They've been together for a long time. Um, she's actually in her early thirties, and so is he. So wow,
2: that that see that's that's some uh some some crime game kind of shit there. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's, uh, but I, I, I don't know how I, I how look I I am very tolerant, like except for stupidity. I am very <laughs> very <laughs> tolerant, and but if I was about to bang some broad. And
1: I'm just Quote, unquote. Uh, Oh uh, <laughs> some extra tools and tool shed. <laughs> I d- but that's a good point that we like a lot I don't of know ask, I feel about that. That's a lot of people a good point that a lot of people ask. Like when, when do you if you're transgender and you're living as the opposite sex, when do you actually tell the person that you're interested in or dating or whatever that you are in fact still biologically one sex versus the other? Right. And um but before before I get to that point, I just want to finish this one point that the teacher brought up, like, what was your life living? Have you been have you noticed yet that you've been treated differently since you've been living as a male versus living as a female and vice versa and she said that I understand what male privilege is now because as after I transitioned, you know especially in the workplace you know people see me like in a skirt and they automatically think my IQ has dropped 10 points and you know, so you know
2: what No, that's very true that's very true there was a documentary on this about uh, middle sex I think
1: mm-hmm.
2: I saw a, a documentary on this on HBO is all about transgender people and people that kind of like make the uh, switch from one to the other and they're, they look androgynous enough where people can't tell, and they were saying, yeah, you know, if, if sexism is a the thing, they know it, because they've been on both, sides. both sides. They right. see the, how women are treated, they see how men are treated, and they're like, as a man, I get better service at restaurants, better service at this, better, they get noticed more, I get attended to more, and this. And I thought that was, that was crazy interesting, because it, it, it's not, you know, most of the time, it, it gets easy to write off people as, like, oh, I'm discriminating against. I'm like, you know, well, how, how the fuck would you ever know? You never had a control group. <laughs> you, know, you know what yeah. I mean? But, uh, these people, they do. And so, so they, they can say that there is some form of discrimination
1: there. And so she, um, she also brought up, talk about, like, how do you meet, how do you meet people? And I think the most common stereotype with transgender women is that, you know, we're just out to, like, deceive, um, Either heterosexual or bisexual men, like tricking them into having sex with us, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and, and she said that, you know, like when I go out to a club or when I go out to a bar with my friends, you know, the first thing that goes through my, through my mind isn't, you know, oh, I'm going to get laid tonight. It's if I meet the wrong guy, am I going to end up dead on the street tonight? Like wow. that's the thing that goes through our minds most of the time when Eesh. we're going out because Eesh. we have no idea how people are going to react to the fact that we're transgender. Right. So, like, that's a really big issue. And she was saying, well, how do you. You know how would you, as a transgender woman, like how do you meet people and then how do you tell? Mm-hmm. And she said that basically, like before the internet, before the age of the internet, it would you know you just have to start dating somebody and just take that risk, like you know get a get a feel for how what kind of person is, and then tell them before like they go like get in too deep, like you know you have to understand something that I was born male, I'm pre operative I'm still planning on getting surgery, but for the time being, I still have my male genitalia intact.
2: but life could you know, be worse. A woman could cut <laughs> a woman up your penis and throw it outside of a moving vehicle.
0: There's <laughs> <was> always that.
1: <laughs> but through the through the internet era, like through internet dating, has been a lot easier because, you know, because there's a wall of anonymity. You can just tell pretty flat out, you know, my friend's in. Right. If the problem with that, then oh well.
0: All right, well, I think right there we'll uh, stop for now. We're going to turn this into a two-part series because there's still a lot more to talk about, and we're at about a, an hour by now. So uh stay tuned for part two until uh part two I guess. This is Adam. I'm Rex. This is Kyler.
3: Breaking my back just to
0: know your name. 17-